It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are those markets doing? Well, it's quite a volatile session today, but again, we've had such a strong start to the year. Uh, we're seeing kind of most U.S. indices down anywhere between half to 1% today uh, with Canadian markets uh, slightly in the green. And, you know, out of Canada, we've had quite a bit of economic news uh, as of late. Um, we saw inflation, right? Uh, it cooled last month with prices rising only 6.3% from a year ago. Uh, that was below expectations. And this was the biggest monthly drop since April 2020. So again, a lot of that is attributed back to gasoline prices. Um, and, you know, that really investors are looking for Bank of Canada to kind of step back with those interest rate increases. Uh, that's uh, definitely hurting uh, variable mortgage holders or people who have lines of credits, um, you know, even auto car loans. So things like that. So it's interesting to see that, again, inflation uh, since its peak has come down uh, quite a bit. Yet the Bank of Canada is still expected to increase rates at their next meeting. Okay, because like inflation, it looks like it's starting to cool, though, doesn't it? Uh, definitely. We've been saying that for months, but still it's uh, well ahead of where they want it to be. Again, their target is 2%. So s- still at uh, 6.3%, uh, it's much higher than than where they want it to be. So that's why we're expecting rates to increase again at the next meeting, maybe only a quarter point, but still that you know has an effect on the economy. Uh, we're seeing business sentiment in Canada fell to its lowest level since the beginning of the pandemic. So more businesses than usual expect their sales to decrease as uh, consumers reduce their spending. Um, as we know, I mean, higher rates and inflation have weighed on, on sales and spending and more as of late. I, I, I was just at Save on Foods uh, last week buying a steak and it was $43. <laughs> I almost wow. fell out of my seat. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just one steak. I, I, I was uh, shocked, you know. So, I mean, inflation is real. We're all feeling it. We all see it. And they need to get that under control. Uh, but of course, that has consequences for the housing market. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the housing market then. What do we see happening there? Well, what we have seen is that um, home prices have have dropped. Um, What they're saying is a national aggregate price of a home dropped 2.8% year over year in Canada. And that was the first yearly decline since 2008. So that's why it's somewhat significant. Uh, In Greater Vancouver, we saw, you know, some of the largest declines with 3.5%. And again, that's again, uh, that's from a year ago. When we talk about the kind of the peak of the housing market, which was February uh, 2021 or so, uh, prices have dropped a lot more since then. So when you're reading these reports, you kind of have to put it in perspective going, okay, over the past year, you know, down three or 5%, but from the top, it's down a lot more. So keep that in mind. And I mean, one thing is, is that there's a lot less supply out there. A lot of people are not even listing their homes in this kind of soft market. So I would expect to still see further declines in, in well, Vancouver, uh, but also in Canada going forward. So again, you just want to be patient if you're a buyer. Uh, if you're a seller, you know, in my opinion, you just have to kind of think about, um, you know, what what price you're willing to take because it's not yesterday's market. And if you really need to sell your home, uh, such as we've got clients downsizing in retirement, you know, what is it that they are, are willing to take in this kind of market in order to do that? Right. Okay. And let's talk about the airline industry here too. Are, what are their earnings like? 
Yeah, you know, we're seeing earnings come in mixed. And, um, and you know, after we were talking about uh, last week, just in terms of what was going on in, in uh, well, that day, uh, in terms of how many flights were canceled, right. we saw the disaster. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we're not even going to see some of some of those losses quite yet. Uh, but again, they're struggling with labor shortage, uh, tighter supply uh, of planes, not mention not to mention higher fuel and material costs. Uh, but people are still eager to fly, and that's really trumped everything else. Um, you know, I so I think going forward, you still have to be somewhat um, you know picky on which airline you're going to own. Uh, we saw you know Southwest have massive problems, uh, but again, it's it's one of those more volatile sectors, so we really don't have much exposure there. Okay. Now I know like maybe people are just getting into this or they're thinking more about their um, investments these days. Lori, what do they, what do they need to know? Do you think so that they can see some success? Yeah. You know, setting yourself up for investment success can mean a whole bunch of things, Um, but identifying your goal. So understand why you're investing and, you know, is it short term or long term? I think this really puts things in perspective. Most people are longer term investors with, uh, you know, a portfolio could be 10, 20, even 30 years. And when you think about, you know, 2022 and, and how challenging that year was, uh, you can still think about, um, you know, that that may be one year of your performance over that 10, 20, 30 year, you know, time horizon. So, you know, there's reasons not to panic. Um, You know, I think that you need to think about uh, your goals. What is that money going to be used for? Is it going to be used for income and retirement? Uh, Is it going to be used to, you know, buy real estate in the future? Those are two very different goals. And you have to be able to communicate that to your advisor to have, you know, that successful experience in investing. I think you need to identify what type of investor you are. I can't tell you how important this is. Everyone's got a different investor personality and their relationship with money or the stock market uh, is all very unique to each individual. And so, you know, what comfort level do you have with risk and volatility? Some people don't worry about it at all. Uh, Some people are just generally worriers. And, you know, how do you feel or how would you feel if your portfolio dropped? Um, you know, 10% plus and put that in a dollar amount. Uh, But again, sometimes that's inevitable just with market conditions. And again, usually that's for a short time, not for a long time uh, that you would see your portfolio underwater. Um, And I think most people just want to see that their portfolio manager or financial advisor is doing something about the conditions, right? And not just sitting on their hands and, and hoping for the best. And again, portfolio diversification, different asset classes. I mean, like stocks, bonds, cashable GICs. Uh, you know, my recommendation is don't get into fancy products that you don't understand. Usually they're fancy for the for the banks, uh, but they're not uh, always good for you. Just had a discussion yesterday about a, a product out there. Uh, think about volatility as an opportunity. Again, when you see these types of markets in the long run, if you look back at the COVID crash, you look at 2018, you look at 2011, the European financial crisis, the financial crisis in 2008, all of them ended up being an opportunity. Uh, again, if you were patient uh, and if you kind of trained your brain to think that way uh, instead of worrying too much. And again, you got to own blue chip good companies. You know, we don't own anything that's, you know, high risk. Uh, and, and the companies we own are, you know, those that pay dividends or those that could be in mining. Uh, but again, all large caps. Uh, so again, we can get through this and actively manage clients' portfolios so they come out with success on the other side. Is it possible to over diversify? 
Yes, 100%. Um, just reviewing a mutual fund portfolio uh, for somebody that was at the bank and they had 10 plus mutual funds in there. And remember, each fund can have, you know, 100 plus holdings. Uh, and so then you end up having, you know, you could have 800 or 1000 holdings in your portfolio. That means that you're over diversified. So you're never going to outperform the market. And you're going to move higher with the market, but you're going to move lower exactly with the market. And so that's something that you need to think about. And I think going into 2023 here, you need to review your asset allocation or your advisor does. I mean, that's what we do on a daily basis. You know, again, our exposure to stocks versus bonds. And I think that's important. The bond market was difficult last year, but I think there's opportunity going forward in this year and possibly the next two years. So again, these are, again, you know, when we're looking at client portfolios and how we're managing, everybody's got their unique goals. So you need to talk to a financial advisor about yours to make sure everything's in line for you. All right. Sounds good. Lori, thank you so much for that. Thanks so much to me. That is Lori Pinkowski, a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. Uh, Lori, also you can contact her team directly at 604-695-LORI, or you can check out their website at pinkowski.ca.